five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about catalogs today. How about that? Special thanks to Jeff Terran for that. And off we go. Let's see what's new here. Oh, here we go. Warning. May contain adult content. Depends on what kind of an adult you are, right? Here we go. Time to cancel pizza nationwide. All right, here we go. The, the pizza from your local slice shop, the pizza made with fresh tomatoes from your own garden, there is MSG in all of it. All right, and I'm not talking about adding MSG to pizza. I am talking about MSG being inherently present in the core ingredients of pizza. It's essentially the same down to the tiny molecular level. Our bodies cannot distinguish the difference between the MSG that's in this and what's in this stuff. That's a fact. All right, yet people want to cancel MSG, but shouldn't that mean we should also cancel pizza? Okay, yes, it should. It goes on for another uh, almost a minute. But anyway, uh, so that's the ad of the day from, from the drum, Audrey Kemp. Okay, MSG maker admits creating absurdist cancel pizza social stunt. Who knew? Who could recognize it as fake news? Fake outrage. <laughs> cancel pizza. Well, they're actually trying to cancel uh, wood wood powered pizza ovens in New York City. I understand in order to stop climate change. <laughs> like they don't have anything better to do in New York City, right? So anyway, a TikTok smear campaign turned out to be guerrilla marketing. In disguise, designed to debunk myths about monosodium glutamate, which, you know, we used to dump on our food. <laughs> we used to dump it on our food when I was a kid. My mom thought it was the greatest boon to cooking. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's see. I don't know how to say this. Ajimoto? Agiomoto, a U.S. supplier of monosodium glutamate, admitted being behind the stunt. Uh, cancel Pizza is part of an ongoing effort to tackle misinformation and dispel the stigma around MSG. I just think it's a really interesting approach, right? Uh, because now there, now the stigma is on added MSG, and what they're saying is you don't have to add it. Pizza is full of it. Without adding anything. Okay. And so uh, over the decades, MSG was had developed a negative reputation from allegedly causing headaches, allegedly causing headaches to so-called Chinese restaurant syndrome and other health-related concerns. Okay. But Tina M. Raines says, what makes pizza so delicious is the inherent presence of MSG in many of its beloved toppings. And there are decades of scientific evidence to support the safety of MSG. Ironically, it was invented in the United States, but the Asians sort of embraced it more than more than U.S. Uh, chefs. So uh, they launched this campaign and uh, Tyler Coleman is the star of the uh, of the TikToks. And um, it turns out there he is. There he is with the thing there. Following Cancel Pizza, following the launch, Cancel Pizza picked up serious traction on TikTok with over 10 million views of the hashtag. At press time, the, the total video 
content reached 27 million people across your pages, uh, across four U pages in the U.S. Um, so when I looked it up, this this particular one had I don't know 7,000 views or something. It wasn't very it wasn't very much. I don't know where they're getting those numbers, but as long as uh, as long as the brand is happy, Ajinomoto. Okay, so this campaign is a little wild, but if we want facts and science to spread at the speed of misinformation, we're going to have to try new things, said Jesse uh, Suckman. Suckman? It looks like Soupman. Uh, Executive Vice President and Creative Director at Edelman, uh, who is the creative agency. Now this, uh, if you download this, it's hard to read on the screen, but it was, in, it was discovered and kind of invented and uh, synthesized in uh in 1908 and um it, by the 70s there was all kinds of uh all kinds of concern about it uh 60 minutes in 1991 did a piece about it i guess and um but then by the 90 mid 90s and 2000s uh all of this stuff got debunked um and it was even called racist, anti-Chinese racism, um, and so it looks like it's okay to dump it on your food. I'm don't take this, don't misconstrue this as health information. But I just wanted you to get, the, get that little nose, little nose news, nose the news here first. Okay, captcha is getting weirder as AI gets smarter. Machines can now read wonky text and figure out what a fire hydrant is. Right. Now, I'm going to give you another take on this article, but first of all, let's do it. Juliet Bennett Ryla, okay, and is this from The Hustle? I think it might be from The Hustle. Yeah, it's about that long. Okay, it's gotten weirder to prove you're not a robot. Um, it's a battle to find a captcha humans can solve, but bots can't. In the 50s, Alan Turing created the Turing test, okay, and a human evaluator sent the same questions to both human and machine, and then... Guess which answers came from the machine? A machine that tricks the evaluators often enough has passed the test, but so far, none has. Okay. In, in 2000, Louis von Alban, uh, now co-founder and CEO of Duolingo. Interesting. That's a language school, um, online language learning was inspired by Yahoo's problem with spammers using bots to sign up for millions of free accounts. So he and his mentor, Manuel Blum, invented completely automated public Turing tests to tell computers and humans apart. This completely automated public Turing test, C-A-P-T-C-H-A, is how we get CAPTCHA, which I learned today, uh, which requires humans to decipher letters, numbers, and humans could, but bots couldn't. But by, by 2014, Google... Google's AI could solve those puzzles, while humans could do it only 99.8% of the time, but humans could only do it 33% of the time. I have the darnest time with those things. I just have a darnest time with them. Okay, I hate those things. So, uh, CAPTCHA's evolved, asking users to identify types of particular images, but AI is getting good at that too. Um, and so... Uh, as AI trains itself to generate CAPTCHAs, 
things have gotten weirder. Discord users noticed captures full of AI-generated Cronenberg-esque objects asking them to ID stuff that isn't even real. <laughs> E.g. a snail yo-yo thing called a Yoko, <laughs> as per motherboard. What's next? The I am not a robot button uses the behavior to uh, leading up to clicking the button up here. I am not a robot. What that does is it lets what you don't realize is that's letting letting your computer send information about where you've been the last couple of websites and where you your mouse has wandered and how it's moved around the screen. And um and that is what it's looking at to find out if you're a robot. But it gives away a lot of information about what you're looking at. So it's much more invasive, and you probably never realize that. Now, my take on where CAPTCHA got started was actually that, that they were trying to OCR books and, and old books. And old books, Google had a project where they took all kinds of books, truckloads of books from Michigan State, and they, and they had a human push, turn the pages because humans could do it better than machines. More delicately and ruin less pages, and then you you uh, then you hit a foot pedal or something, and it it took the camera and it it uh, you know it mathematically flattened out the page and got the whole thing to work. Um, but there were words that didn't OCR; they were fuzzy or they misprinted or tilted or something. And so when CAPTCHA first started, if you remember, it had it had kind of blurry looking words. Those were actually screen, like screenshots of words that the OCR failed to recognize. And so what, the way they made money was they sold human recognized uh, interpretations of those words to back to the OCR companies. Okay. So they trained the OCR to be better and better at word recognition, which also meant that the computers would be better and better at at solving the captcha and getting and convincing it that it was human. Okay, so then um, then the driverless cars needed labeled data sets, right? Labeled data sets. That's what that is. The humans look at it and say, well, that's a fire hydrant. Okay, and now we've got millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of identified fire hydrants in red and green and white. And in all kinds of contexts, and what is a stoplight, and what is a crosswalk? Did it ever did it ever occur to you that there that there there things you would see while you're driving a car? <laughs> of course. And what they were doing was selling that data to the driverless car uh, companies to help them program their AI to recognize stoplights when they were turned the wrong way or turned angled or turned sideways or how do you recognize a stops a stoplight and a stop sign you know early uh, driverless cars if there was a sticker on a stop sign you know it looked like a it might go right through it very very dangerous and so they had to figure out a way to give it lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of labeled 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 data sets labeled stop signs and CAPTCHA was making money with that. They were using you to create the labeled data set. And that is what's built into direct mail, right? Direct mail, unlike all other media, we know who we sent it to. Other media doesn't know who, who it was sent to even, especially the walled villages. But, you know, just think mass media or think billboards. People are going by. They don't know who it is, right? 
we know who it's going to. We know who bought, of course, but all other media that, that generates a response knows the responders, right? But we, but we know that it gets delivered to those people. We know that it goes to a decision maker because only a decision maker can throw out the mail, right, and decide. Okay, we know that they engage with it because they have to look at it enough to make a decision. They have to decide not only is it junk mail or not, is it you know important mail or is it junk mail, but they also have to decide is it an offer that I might be interested in. Maybe not today, but it's sometime in the future. And even if they throw it away, that is more engagement than if you're looking at your speedometer or you're talking to your kids in the back seat and drive by that billboard, okay? And that is the way all other media works. It throws itself away if you ignore it, right? All the side banners and top banners, and your mind has already learned to ignore those things. But you might not be even in front of the computer. That ad might not even be visible. Something as high as 30% of ads may not even show be shown to you on the computer. But you get a cookie. And so you get attribution, but it's a lie because you ignored it. You didn't engage. You didn't notice it. You didn't even see it in many cases. Okay. But in direct mail, we know who engaged and didn't buy. And so every ad in the mail becomes a labeled data set and, and allows you to do machine learning like no other medium, which is why brands should be considering catalogs, which is why I'm going to the next story. Zappos is employing nostalgia to win over consumers in this back-to-school season. That's the big news, but the medium they're using is a catalog, okay? And uh, Shoshi Cement, looks like, is the author from Footwear News, I think it is. This is an interesting, I've never seen this one, but again, this was from, this was, this article was sent to me by um, by Jeff Taren at, over at Gunderson. And uh, they show, you know, the fun of a catalog and say, you know, parents can sit down with their kids and page through the catalog together. It gets them away from screen time. Okay, they send it out to 700,000 customers. That's enough to get a decent labeled data set to see who engaged and didn't buy. That's the piece that's missing in every other medium. Direct mail gives you the, 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 the engaged viewers who did not buy. And that piece, a labeled data set, is essential for machine learning. That's what we learned from the CAPTCHA story, which is why it's in there today. Okay, So the catalog uh, is designed to pull on the heartstrings of parents, millennials, they say, and uh, remind them of a simpler time before e-commerce reigned supreme. Uh, Joe Kano said, we wanted to make sure the elder millennial parents, elder millennials, that's almost a funny oxymoron, anyway, have some fun and have something they can share with their kids and create a moment, uh, create that moment versus being stuck to the screen the entire time, okay? They first put out a catalog in 2019, but paused it during the pandemic. It's beautiful. It also includes adaptive, uh, adaptive footwear products, they call it. Okay, I remember having have, having to wear corrective shoes, really odd looking because I had fallen arches. I don't even know if that's a thing. I don't know if it did anything. I don't think it did. Uh, but I remember getting my first pair of Buster Browns and later even sneakers. <laughs> Buster Brown play shoes. 
man, oh man, when I was about seven years old. I also got a pair of cowboy boots along the way somewhere, and I remember, man, I loved those cowboy boots. I had cowboy boots and two gun, six shooters, a holster, a hat, the whole bit. Anyway, me and Roy Rogers. Adaptive will always be part of the core of, of Zappos. For its 20th anniversary, Zappos turned its website back to what looked like when it launched in 1999 for one day. Okay, but they're not trying to get the customer experience back to the beginning. So the catalogs include QR codes for people to be able to quickly make their way to the Zappos website. But as you notice here, not one QR code on this page. Okay, not one QR code on this page. Not one. So what they're giving you is a catalog QR code that goes back to the main main page of the catalog. Then you got to wade your way in and find these items that you were interested in on that page of the catalog. They ought to at least have a page. You know, they probably have they probably have an online catalog version. They could at least take you there, and then you could maybe click on the items or whatever and place an order. Now, if they really knew their stuff. Because when we work with East Bay and also Baseball Express sold shoes and um, and we also worked with um, with Bullock and Jones who sold shoes. But when you sell shoes, you often know the customer's shoe size because they bought before. Okay, so if you really were on top of this, Zappos, if you'd really like to make this catalog work with your digital, what you ought to do, consider this. But... We could test a digital catalog where not only were there QR codes on featured items. You don't have to put it on every item. Let's not get nuts. Okay. But the featured items could actually pop up an order form that would give you the shoe. Maybe give you three color choices or whatever it is. Something like that. Whatever it is. Limited. But come up in the size that the customer is most likely to want. Now, it might not be perfect, in which case it takes you take them to the shopping cart and let them fix everything. But it could even pay for the shoes as an impulse item and ship it right to their door. That's possible. I'm working on a patent to do that. I've written one. I'm working on a second one. And so if you're a catalog merchant and you'd like to really, really make your catalog work, so that people can place orders tailored to themselves one click better than Amazon. Let's talk. And if you're in the Twin Cities area, let's meet up next Thursday, a week from today, 6 p.m. at Jimmy's Kitchen in Minnetonka. And we'll be there. We always have a nice crowd. We always have a lot of fun. We can talk direct marketing or you can come and get free consulting. <laughs> What a deal. So I hope to see you in Minnetonka. If you are out in the Twin Cities and you want to bring a friend or you want to invite somebody else, feel free to do so. There's more information over on the LinkedIn WDMA website. If you search Wisconsin Direct Marketing Association or even WDMA, it comes up. You click groups and it's right there. Very easy to find or call me. There's a number below. See that number over there? See that? 369-3900. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.